being a Christian is tough in this world. I think people think that when you become a Christian, all your problems disappear and you live a perfect lifestyle. That's utterly impossible. Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Cool with Vicki Coolidge. Today, I brought on Pastor Jim Burt, and he talked about revelations and the end times. Okay, so if you could please introduce yourself and what your credentials are for talking about revelations. Okay, I'm Jim Burt, pastor at Oast Drive Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas. Been pastoring here at this church for about 21 years. And my teaching credentials for Revelation is born out of a love for God's Word and years and years of research. I have preached through it. I have taught it as a discipleship training course. I have taught it as a Sunday school course. And I've also written a Bible study on it that has been used by other churches across the state of Texas. That's awesome. Okay, so Revelation can be a really confusing book, even to Christians. Can you briefly explain what the book of Revelation talks about? The book of Revelation can be summed up as the return of Jesus Christ to take back what is rightfully his, and that is the title deed to the earth. The word behold in the book of Revelation is used 25 times, and it all focuses on who Jesus is. One of the great misunderstandings about Revelation is people for years called it the Revelation of John. It's really the revelation of Jesus Christ as stated in chapter 1, verse 1. So it's not a hard book to understand, but people get intimidated and confused by the imagery, the symbolism. And I think that's because they try to uh, squeeze too much information in a lot of verses. They just need to take it one verse at a time and examine and study Revelation in the context of the entire Bible. You know, the Old Testament speaks a lot about the events of Revelation from Hosea, Amos, Joel, the book of Daniel. So I think the mistake people make is that they don't use revelation in light of the context of all of God's word. Interesting. So I know revelation talks about the end times. What is your personal opinion on the end times? Do you think we're close? Are we in it? Is it far away? Like, what do you think about that? I think you have to look at prophetic clues and and the things that we're seeing in our world right now cannot be ignored. Uh, I think we are in the end times because Jesus says that the Son of Man will come. He he himself will return as it was in the days of Noah. And they were eating and drinking and they ignored the warning of the flood that is to come. He said it will also be like the days of Lot and all the perversion that is taking place in our nation. But here's the determining factors. Jesus says in the last days there will be false teachers. And we have had false teachers since the day of the Bible. But never have there been more false teachers than we are seeing right now. And churches that were one time mainline denominations are teaching a corrupted version of the Bible. Uh, Another thing Jesus said is the hearts of men will grow cold. And he talks about conflicts and wars and rumors of war. But Jesus says the heart of men will grow cold. And then the gospel also, he says, will be preached to the whole world and technology has made that possible. But there's some other clues that we need to look at. We're in a time of lawlessness, and the Antichrist is called the lawless one. We are now seeing not only men hearts of men growing cold, but we are seeing lawless events take place. The recent rioting and protesting in our nation has turned a lot into violence, and we understand those who want to protest peacefully, but police officers are dying, and now there's a call to defund 
law enforcement. But we're also seeing a time of great conflict internationally, and we are seeing nations rising up. And so I, I think that that's part of the end times. But if I would tell you anybody or anyone about the end times and how close we are, look at the hearts of men. Look how evil our society has become in rejecting Jesus Christ and his truth. We blaspheme and mock God at an unprecedented rate. He's the subject of blasphemous shows on Netflix, on late night sh talk show host. And, and that shows the Antichrist is uh, already here. You know, John tells us in 1 John 2, 18 and 1 John 4, 2 and 3, that the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist is already working in the world. So we're seeing that. We're seeing his DNA all over what's going on right now. So how do you think the end times are gonna play out? I think, again, you have to follow the chronological order of the Bible. There will be a rapture. And the rapture, of course, for those who don't know, is when Jesus Christ calls the church off this earth. Now, when you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, you see that the rapture takes place, and then the day of the Lord, the tribulation period, ensues in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So what happens is there'll be, there'll be a rapture, a calling away of the church. And how do we know that? Because in Revelation chapter 3, Jesus says it very clearly that I will keep you from the hour of trial. He doesn't say I will keep you in the hour of trial. He says I will keep you from the hour of trial. That means he will keep us from being exposed to the, the seven years of tribulation. Now the rapture will take place and then immediately after the rapture, the seven years tribulation takes place. When you study Revelation chapter one, verses one through three, you will see that Jesus or God's telling John that these events will take place, certainly take place. That means once these events start, they will come in rapid fire order. There'll, it'll only be seven years at, at the most and there's no stopping those events. Okay, so, so what we see is the fact that the rapture and then the tribulation begins. And I've had people calling me and emailing me saying that, hey, we hear the tribulation is about to begin because the United States is gonna lead Israel into a peace plan and it's gonna happen on July 1st. Well, that's, that's not possible. And let me tell you why, because we're not gonna be here for the seven years of tribulation. And, and so the rapture will take place, then the, then the tribulation will begin. And there will be people that will come to know Jesus Christ during the tribulation period. But according to 2 Thessalonians chapter two, they, they, if they've heard the gospel, they need to trust Christ now because it says God will send them a strong delusion or a lie and they'll believe the lie rather than trust in the uh, truth of Jesus Christ. So it'll be a rapture, a tribulation, and then for seven years, all you know what's gonna break loose on this earth. And then Jesus will come to bring final judgment. And what can people do to avoid being left behind, so to speak, in the rapture? I'm glad you asked that. They need to trust Jesus Christ right now. And here's why. In Revelation chapter one, verse seven, the Bible says, behold, he is coming with clouds and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so, amen. And this word behold is used 25 times in Revelation. And he is coming is present tense. But you notice it says he is coming with the clouds, which signify his glory, but every eye will see him, even they who pierced him. And who are those that will see him? 
and those who pierced him, why will they mourn? Because they're not ready for his return. This isn't the rapture. This is the return of Jesus to bring judgment on the earth. Those who crucified Jesus, the nation of Israel, every nation, it says, all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Anyone that's ever been born was born with a sin nature. So our only hope is to put our trust in Jesus Christ because verse seven says, once he comes, it's not a time of reunion or excitement. The rapture is described as a blessed event, a hopeful event for Christians, but his return is described as an event of mourning and grieving. And so they need to put their trust in Jesus Christ right now. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I promise you, I will be gone either at the rapture or when I die, I will be with Jesus Christ because of his promises. But those who decide to be left behind and have rejected Jesus Christ, they are going to have a major problem because they won't be ready. He could come at any time. So in today's world, what does it mean to be a Christian? To be a Christian is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. It's more than just a, a cheap belief. Jesus says, many will profess to follow me, but their hearts are far from me. Being a Christian means to be a follower of Christ. It means to obey him. Uh, it, it is a, a relationship that is personal, that is genuine. It bears fruit. It bears evidence. Uh, that would include spending time with Jesus and his word in prayer, in worship, but it, it's a lifestyle. It's not just a profession of faith. It's not just walking down an aisle and, and saying a prayer. You kind of, like I like to say, blow in, blow up, and blow out. It, it is giving your life to Jesus Christ. But being a Christian is a result of the work of the Holy Spirit convicting and drawing us to that faith. John 6, Jesus says, no one will come to the Father unless the Spirit who sent me draws him. And so I think being a Christian starts with the work of the Holy Spirit. He always initiates salvation. But once we receive him, he makes a radical transformation in our heart that we will want to live for him. Jesus says, all who love me will obey me. He says, follow my commandments. And being a Christian is tough in this world. I think people think that when you become a Christian, all your problems disappear and you live a perfect lifestyle, that's utterly impossible because the Bible tells us that there were those in the who followed Christ, those who followed the Lord in the Old Testament, they were far from perfect. Moses was far from perfect. Peter was far from perfect. I mean, Peter denied Christ three times. But being a Christian is not a state of perfection on this earth, but it's to head in the right direction. It's to give your life to Jesus Christ transfer your priorities, your values, your opinions, your possessions under the authority of Christ. So true. And to end the podcast, I have one last question, and it's how can we as Christians prepare for the end times? Jesus says, watch and pray. Watch and pray. He says that in parables. He says it in all the gospels. And watch and pray. Watch means to be sober, to be vigilant, uh, Jesus compares that in the book of Luke with not being bogged down with drunkenness. But it's interesting because he talks about drunkenness. And then he also talks about being in dissipation, which is, means out of character. And we know that obviously drunkenness is a result of too much consumption of alcohol. But he's also talking about spiritual drunkenness, being out of character. And it's hard to pray 
if you're not taking the times that we live in seriously. And I've, you need to make divine appointments with God. Prayer is the key to communicating with God. God's only given us two forms of communication, prayer and His Word. And, and anything that God reveals to us is going to line up with His Word. So a Christian needs to pray. They need to set divine appointments. And I think about a man who taught prayer revivals in every church I've ever been at. His name was Don Miller. He's gone to glory. But Don Miller really brings out the, the essence, the importance of spending time with God. Because when Jesus cast out demons and his popularity grew, when he raised people from the dead, he healed the sick, it said he would withdraw into the wilderness often and pray. He would often rise before the rising of the sun to pray. And so I think spending time with God is absolutely essential in prayer and his word. But then we talk about the word watch. Be sober, be vigilant, 1 Peter 5, 8 tells us, because your adversary, your enemy, the devil, walks about the earth like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And watching out, because Satan can unleash attacks on us at any time, unforeseen attacks. I, 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 we cannot take for a moment, take for granted that we've got a carefree life. We've got to be always aware of our surroundings and be wise to the method of Satan. Prayer is a weapon. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6 says we've got to be ready to cast down all evil, all imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Be ready to punish all disobedience. Uh, so it, it's watch and pray. That's how we be ready for the end times. Tell people about Jesus Christ, but they'll, they'll see it in your lifestyle. A man or a woman who's prayed up will be a mighty weapon in the hands of a holy God because they won't have to talk about how spiritual they are. The Holy Spirit will work through them in their words and through their actions. And people need to see authentic Christianity today. They're so confused at what is real and what is not. You've got people who predicted the return of Jesus. Harold Camping said 88 times in 1988, Jesus would return. And he's been wrong all 88 times. And, and people aren't taking Christians seriously. And part of that's the Christian's fault because they have not lived up to what they profess. So I think it's a, a lifestyle of holiness and righteousness, compassion, but also knowing the Word of God and being prayed up, ready to engage the conflicts and the attacks of this world. We have to know how to answer people. We have to be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, and give an answer for the hope that is in us, give a reason for what people are seeing. Why do we have hope? Because Jesus is real in our life. Yeah, because that reminds me of 1 Peter 3.15, always be ready to give a defense oh. to everyone who asks you for the reason Absolutely. for the hope that is in you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we have a huge responsibility to not only speak the word of God, but speak it responsibly. But we also have a huge responsibility to live the word of God. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care, but people will not take your message of God seriously if they see your lifestyle does not reflect a somber allegiance to Christ. So true. Well, thank you so much You're for being on welcome. the podcast. Yeah, Absolutely. it was great My having pleasure. you. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thanks for watching Keeping It Cool with Vicki Coolidge. I'll see you guys next time.